proverb in Africa that a child standing on a chair cannot see as far as an elder that is sitting. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Transmissions of the Heart. I am your host, Divinely Sarah. Thank you for joining us today. We have a very special guest, Awo. But before we get started, we are going to start off as we always do. So please join me in prayer. Our uplifted ancestors, guides, fierce protectors, and skilled healers, please stand with us, be with us in this moment, and guide us along this journey with a leveled head and open heart. We are root of your root, we are soil of your soil, we are bone of your bone, and we are flesh of your flesh. Not deaf to our sincere cries, not blind to our honest plea. Thank you for being the whisper in our ears that protects and guides us along this divine journey called life. Ashe. Ashe. Hey, thank you for being here, Awo. Um, I always like to start off um, my interviews with a story of how I know you. Um, Awo is a um, Akashic ancestral healer. And I know I will because she um, sometimes does readings for me and she is so accurate, you guys. I mean, like very accurate. I've had readings before, but she can really tap in. And I don't know if it has something to do with um, the connections with my ancestors because they are very picky, but she has never led me astray. So I'm very excited about this conversation today because I don't know what's going to come through. So I want you guys to just buckle down, listen, learn, be open, um, open mind, soft heart, all that. And so we're going to get started. So uh, whoa, no one knows you better than you know yourself. So please tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your program. It is such an honor. Um, I am just an ordinary person. I started on my journey um, seeking myself. I wanted to understand who I am and why God put me here, you know? And that's the name that I used back then, you know, now, you, you know, universal creator or, you know, whatever. But um, at that time it was God because I grew up in the Baptist church, you know, my father, uh, my father's side, they're very much into it. They still have churches today uh, in Dallas, Texas, you know, deacons and all of that. Uh, my mom's side is a little bit more laid back when it comes to religion. You know, they're the Easter and Christmas Christ <laughs> church goers. But um, in my family, especially on my mom's side, everybody knows they have a gift of some sort, but, you know, they really didn't use it you know, my mom, grandmom, you know, everybody sees spirits, hears spirits, you know, know when the phone's going to ring and who's on the phone, you know, that kind of thing. But that's pretty ordinary in Black families. You know, we have gifts, <laughs> but not everybody acknowledges them, you know. And so, you know, I really didn't think too much about it. Seriously, you know, we had ghosts in my family growing up, we would have a cabinet in the kitchen that would pop open. And unless you said, hi, grandma, it wouldn't close. 
you know, and it was kind of spooky when I was a kid. I remember being in the kitchen washing dishes by myself and I just kept slamming the cabinet closed, slamming the cabinet closed. And you, you know, your mom, she's like, quit slamming my blank cabinets. What are you doing in there? You know, <laughs> and I'm like, it won't close, ma. And she's like, well, did you say hello to your grandmother? I'm like, no. And so we'll say hello to your grandmother and it'll stop. And so I was like, hi, grandma, and closed the cabinet and it stayed closed. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a little spooky, but, you know, it's very normal in my family, you know. And so I never, I thought everybody grew up like that. And as I became an adult, I realized people don't. Well, when I started my journey, I started in the Orisha community. Uh, Arisha, Vodun, you know, things like that. I became a priest, went to Africa a few times, got initiations, all of that. Um, and, you know, now I'm more into the metaphysicalness of it all, I should say, but it's all the same thing. It's about discovering you as God, discovering your goddess within, uh, who you really are. And, you know, on my journey, I discovered that I was able to tap into the universal consciousness, you know, talk to ancestors. I've always loved ancestors um, and they love you back. And that's one thing that I want to share with people. Your ancestors do love you, even if you don't know who they are. It doesn't matter, they know you. <laughs> A lot of people, um, unfortunately, are cut off from their immediate family, you know? Oh, I don't know who my father's people are, or, you know, I never knew my mom, and, you know, things like that. It doesn't matter, they know you, it's in your blood. <laughs> and they support you, you are them. You're never alone. So that love, uh, you know, that we are all surrounded by, I love to share with people. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of how, you know, my journey kind of started, you know. Uh, it's a lot more involved than that, of course, but I don't have the time to share all of that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a lot to unpack. That is a lot to unpack. That wow, um, to be, you know, such a young age and to have such a phenomenon happen in your household to grow up with that and for it to not be tucked under the rug or in the closet, you know, that's different from all the other conversations that I have. Um, yeah. Most of the time people don't, they can't identify it because they don't, they can't connect with it anywhere within their whole household or community or their family. Yeah, I, we always knew the spirits are real. They're just as real as you or me. Even today, my mom will say, oh, gosh, Nisi, some people had a, a meeting in my living room. I know it's our relatives, but I told them to pipe down because I couldn't sleep. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty normal, but, you know, I just didn't look at it as anything special, you know, but as an adult, I began to realize people were looking at me weird, like spirits, ghosts, you talk to them? <laughs> and talk to them very well, very connected. How, how, for those of us who are on this journey and we want to become more connected with our ancestors, what do you suggest would be the proper way to connect with the ancestors that you have no idea that even exist? 
Yeah, the first thing is to venerate them and acknowledge them. And the best way I have found is just a simple ancestor altar. It doesn't have to be a consecrated altar or anything like that. I mean, you can do it yourself. Usually people that I do readings for, if their ancestors are like, yeah, this person really needs an ancestor altar. We want to talk to them. Then I'll, you know, I'll be like, okay, you need to set up an altar. They have a lot to discuss with you. But right. um, anybody who wants to just set up an altar, you can you know, um, but that's the best way is, you know, and you have to be consistent. Um, I found that, <laughs> you know, when I first set up my first ancestor altar, um, it was unbelievable to me uh, because even though I had grown up with this, it was like I was doing my prayers every day, you know, sitting there lighting my candles and my incense and, you know, and this is after I had gotten into the Orisha community and um, even though I didn't have uh, an initiation at that time, I did have a consecrated altar, uh, ancestor altar. You know, I had gotten uh, ancestor reading and all of that, you know, for my father's side, all that jazz. So I was sitting there just, you know, you know how you talk to them, but you don't expect an answer. And I was just sitting there right. you know, memorizing my prayers and things. And so all of a sudden I heard in my head that, um, the guy that I was dating at the time that he was going to ask me if I wanted some tea. He was, uh, he's an herbalist, you know, a master herbalist, you know, a healer. He's going to ask me if I wanted some tea and that he was going to put something in it without telling me. And they said, don't worry. It'll be good for you though. I said, okay. Mm. So I, was, I was sitting there and two minutes later, he calls my name and I went downstairs and I'm like, yeah. He's like, um, do you want some tea? My jaw dropped to my floor. I said, what did you say? And he looked at me all weird. He's like, okay, it's just tea. Said, Do you want some tea? And I was just felt like I was in the twilight zone for a minute, you know? And he, I watched him walk to the kitchen, come back. And I looked at him. I said, you put something in here you didn't tell me about, did you? And he's like, you know, he looked a little ashamed. And I'm like, it's okay. It's good for me. And I went back upstairs and I bowed down to my ancestor altar. Oh. I'm like, you guys are really here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's very, um, I could tell so many stories uh, because I'm a doubting Thomas. I don't just believe stuff because people tell me, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and so my ancestors had to show me many instances that they're real, you know, um, before I was like, okay, yeah, y'all really are here. You know, so because you always think in your head, was I thinking that or uh, it's a stray thought or, you know, you, you, it sounds like your voice when they first start talking to you until you can differentiate the difference because it's, of course, it's not a sound, it's telepathy, you know, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. it's your voice. But after a while, you can feel the difference. It's like, okay, I wouldn't be thinking about sardines right now. Who wants sardines? Right. <laughs> And that and you you actually answered my question because in the beginning it's hard to think that someone is speaking to you or the ancestors are speaking to you and you think it's in your head, right? Right. You're like, how why am I thinking about this? And so how are you able to differentiate whether or not it's your thoughts from their thoughts? Ah, it's it's a feeling, you know, because now of course I have several people talking in my head, not just my ancestors. But right. it, it's a feeling, you know, um, that you get. Um, it's hard to describe, but 
Um, some people are very funny. I have people telling me jokes all the time, you know, and, <laughs> and it's not me. <laughs> right. You know, but um, also when, you know, it's not my ancestors, it's not the same familiar feeling. It's not mm. that same family feeling, you know, it's like, oh, this is somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So you get to understand the feeling of it because when you talk about um, the universal consciousness, we're talking about, you know, people always say father God, this, that, and the other. It is mother God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were as, as women, especially black women, I don't want to get into all the melanin of it, but, you know, um, it is true. The melanin has magic and uh, the creator creatrix is a female force what can produce life but a, but a feminine energy you know and so you know when you start um getting into talking to universal energies and not you know your family energies there is a different feeling to it um you know to me um even though they have a caring towards you it's not that love energy that you get from family right um, and they're more, to me, at least to the point about business, you know, why are we in the room together? This is it. <laughs> right. So, but it's not mean or anything, you know, it's just, okay, very business, you know, this is what you need to do. This is why you need to do it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, the first time that I, uh, that I <laughs> was introduced to Hathor, um, you know, I was like, you know, I can't really see you. It's like, I can kind of see you. And she was just like, you need to get stronger. And she left, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's on you. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, I need to get stronger. What do I do? But right. you know, <laughs> things came along to show me what I needed to do. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, so with you just being introduced to gifts like this or it just being a part of you, uh, what led you on the path to uh, wanting to read the Akashic Records? Because you are phenomenal. Uh, just like I said in the beginning, I had, I've had other Akashic Record readings before um, where you had to be real specific in your questions and uh, there was a whole process. But I'm telling you, you guys, when the ancestors come through Awu, when they speak, you you already know, even if it's ancestors that you have not ever met before and you're in, in this lifetime, you can feel it and you know it's your family. So how did how did you get into that area, into the Akashic Record readings? Well, um, I was well into my journey several years down. I had gotten a couple of initiations. I was initiated to Oya, I had Ori. I mean, I was totally into that whole life. Um, but something was like, hey, let's do something outside the box. Everything doesn't have to be African per se, you know? And so um, I had a priest friend at the time and uh, we had been talking about it, but she didn't want to do it, but I did. I was just kind of drawn to it. I said, okay, let me do it. And it was taught by this white lady um, and she taught it in a group session. But, you know, I had taken, she had broken it up into like three or four different classes that you would have to take. And I had gotten halfway through and I was like, eh, do I really need this? You know, because I really, 
you know, I was already talking to the ancestors and stuff like that. You know, I'm like, ah, do I really need this? So I asked Ifa, Fa. I said, Fa, you know, I, I never do anything um, for years now, make any decision without consulting the spirits, you know, for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't make decisions by myself anymore. Um, and it's so much easier, it makes life easier. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I asked Fa, I say, hey, Fa, do I really, you know, I was, you know, do I really need to do this anymore? You know, when I was, you know, doing the opoile and stuff like that. And um, he was like, yeah, you need to do that. And so I was like, really? You know, <laughs> and say, like, yeah, you need to finish. And so something really magical happened on the last day. You know, the last class was a graduation class where we um, brought friends. Everybody had to bring a friend to class so that other people in class could read them, right? Oh, so it was like something just turned on. It's like everybody who sat in front of me, it's like a book was open and I could just know everything that was pertinent for them right there at that time, you know? And, you know, definitely sometimes you, you know, for myself, I feel other people speaking through me. So, you know, whenever I'm in a session with people, I'm very informal. <laughs> I may curse, <laughs> whatever, right. you know? saying um but whenever i'm in a session whatever i'm saying is what spirit wants you to hear so they're mm -hmm. speaking through me um so i just found something just turned on and all of a sudden it was just like opening a book and i could you know see much more than i was able to see before um and people started speaking through me you know um and so the akashic was just like another initiation for me and I find that <laughs> I started with astrology, numerology and stuff like that way back in the day. Because like I said, I was on a journey to find myself. And I find that, and I used to do charts for free, astrology and numerology. I would be a Verizon. Oh, it's called GTE now. That's how old I am. <laughs> 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 and so I would be a Verizon or AT&T Southwestern Bell. And on lunch, I would be doing charts for people for free, you know. Um, because I didn't want to charge people because I felt that I was learning as much as them, you know, and I always had this problem with charging for spiritual stuff until a really smart spiritual person grabbed me one day. I didn't even know who she was. I was like, um, going to a holistic fair. I used to go to them a lot, you know, uh, back in the day before I knew who I was. Um, and this... <laughs> And this woman just grabbed me, say, hey, let me give you a reading. And I was like, mm, I only have $20. I don't know if I want to spend it on you. You know, how much <laughs> charge? <laughs> and she was like, did I ask you for money? And I'm like, no. She's like, okay, well, give me your palm. So she started telling me a bunch of stuff, you know, and, you know, afterwards, I'm like, okay, well, how much do I owe you? And she's like, do you have any change? I'm like, yeah. So I dug around. I had some quarter, a penny, a dime. And, and I, you know, she just took a penny out of my hand and I looked at her all strange. And then she said, it's about the energy exchange. That's what you need to understand. It is an exchange of energy. And in this form, in this 3D earth, money is the energy that's needed to be exchanged, but it's not about the money. And so she taught me a very valuable lesson. And so I understand now that that's why a lot of healers and so forth get burnt out 
because they're so busy trying to help people. No, no, you don't have to pay me what I'm worth. And so then they start feeling tired and resentful and feel like nobody cares about them because they're not getting an equal exchange of the energy that they put out. You know, and so that was a very valuable lesson for me. So now I have no problem charging people. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of us need to hear that, that exchange of energy thing, because, you know, working with wellness practitioners, that is the hardest thing for us to do is to charge. Yes. Is to charge. It's like, uh, when it's time, we can do all the work and put all of our energy to, into it. And then when it's time to exchange, it's like, uh, it's a him haw type of thing. It really is because uh, most light workers have very caring hearts. That's why we do what we do. But, yes. you know, you can get shortchanged, you know, because, you know, there will be people that come with sob stories and this, that, and the other. Well, mm-hmm. did you just buy that Gucci purse yesterday? Is that- <laughs> Are you drinking a latte? <laughs> right. <laughs> people pay for what's important to them, you know? Yes. And so that's what I've learned. Like I save up money to... You know, I still get readings. This is fabulous lady. She's 70 years old that I found out about the other day. And I'm like, I'm paying my $300 to get a reading from her, you know? Um, You know, so, you know, it's, it's definitely something that if it's important to you, you'll pay for it, you know? And so now when people say they don't have the money, I mean, if spirit guides me to give somebody a free reading, I'll do it. But right. for the most part, I'll be like, okay, babe, come back when you save up your money. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll right. Be here. <laughs> right. I know you can manifest it. I, I have faith, total faith in you. You can exactly. do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I don't charge people a whole lot anyway. So you don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. And it's interesting because I had just seen your website. I've been coming to you for years and just seeing your website the other day. I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you are, it is, it's, it's worth every penny. Um, one thing that, um, you had mentioned that people don't realize is no matter the level of your work and how you can intuit for people and open up records and different things like that, like we all need someone to go to too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We need, we would like for someone to read us as well, because what I realized in this work that it's real easy to read someone else. But when it's time to read yourself, it's like, I'm sorry, what? What was that? Exactly. You know, we get real, all of a sudden we don't know nothing, you know, exactly. or it's real hard to hear. Exactly. And also people get caught up in their egos. You yes. know, like, oh, I'm this great somebody or other. People know me on Instagram. I don't need anybody to read me. But you know what? Humbleness, you know, uh, going through the Arisha community and learning Ifa or five Vodun. Uh, it was so very helpful for me. My people have done divination for, you know, one priest in Africa told me that in every generation in my family, there is a diviner. Uh, mm. So they can be divine in all forms, you know, pennies, cola nuts, you know, kasha greetings, you know, whatever mm. we do, we're always diviners, you know. So it's a tradition in my family, which I had no clue of because I don't know those people. They've been dead for hundreds of years. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, since we have been over here in slavery, and I'm talking to the African American community, we have lost touch with a lot of who we are. Back in Africa, they know their their stories seven generations back. They know the stories of the people in their families. They know who they are. That's one thing that has cut us off. You know, not knowing that, but it's not lost. 
you can get that information back through readings to know exactly the great deeds, you know, of who you are. No, all of us aren't kings and queens, but a lot of us have right. brave warriors. <laughs> we have had, you know, great matriarchs in our family, yes. you know, who have done things that are impactful, you know, and to know these things about who you are because their greatest triumphs are your triumphs, you know? To know what's in your blood, to know what's in your genealogy um, is very powerful for people. That's why they remember it in Africa, seven, at least seven generations back. A lot of them know further back than that, you know? Um, so it's important to me, but to get readings for other people, I always, guys, I always go off on tangents and so <laughs> forgive me, but you know, <laughs> getting readings from other people is very important. That's what they teach in Fa is that, you know, the priest needs a priest. The reader yes. needs the reader because you can't truly see yourself clearly, you know, yes. and you'll hear what you want to hear. <laughs> I've been there before. <laughs> you was there with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, just to road check yourself, you know, and plus, there's, yes. you know, I look at it like this, you know, um, there's so much out there. There's more that I don't know than I do know. The universe is infinite. How could I possibly know everything? You know, even though uh, the universe loves me a lot, I'm not its only child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much for all of us. Um, you had such a impactful journey. So um, we can go back a little bit. I want to hear a lot about, and I know other people want to hear about it too, is what did your journey look like? What was it in your life that, what was your aha moment that made you see, okay, this is the path for me, um, the path of healing? Um, because just like you mentioned, most of the time we are young when we know that we, are, when we stand out from the rest. And as mentioned, you know, most of the time we don't have a family and it sounds like you have it on your mom and your dad's side that has an understanding of gifts, right? And yeah. so- from a from um, a young child, what did that journey look like? What did it look like? Like, did you start off doing the EFA work first, and then the Akashic Records, and then something else, or what was your journey to you right now? Oh no, not as a child. <laughs> uh, I'm a late bloomer. I come to things later in life. I started mm -hmm. my journey when I was like in my late. 20s, mm -hmm. you know, um, with astrology and numerology and so forth. Now, getting into Arisha and Vodun, that journey for me, I've always been curious. And I knew that Christianity wasn't answering my questions. I hated the way that the Bible treated women. Um, people always say, don't question God when I have questions about stuff. And it didn't make sense to me. Like, you know, in Genesis, okay, when he says, oh, don't let them eat of this tree or they will be like us. I'm like, who's us? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Aren't you God? Is there somebody else? <laughs> you know, and people would say, oh, they're talking to the angels or, you know, I'm like, really? The angels aren't like God. Come on, you know? So it just, it left me with questions, you know? And mm -hmm. so I began a search. I remember I had an epiphany, I call it. Um, I think somewhere around 1990s, somewhere around there. Um, I would, remember I was working for Hertz Car Rental at the time, 
and in Oklahoma. And I don't know what came over me, but I was sudden, you know, this is like pre everybody having computers in their home, you know? Um, and I went to the library. I was like, I need to learn more about religions. And so I went to the library and it was like, I couldn't stop reading. I've got every book on every religion I could find in the library. And I was reading, you know, from the time I opened my eyes in the morning till I couldn't keep them open anymore at night. I'd be at work reading, you know, just learning about all the different religions. And what got me is that I was reading this book by Lao Tzu. I had never heard of this guy before, you know, um, Chinese philosopher or whatever. Um, like Confucius or something. And I was reading the book and I was like, yeah, okay, that's right. I remember that. And you know how you talk in your head, you know, when you're reading and I caught myself, I'm like, what are you talking about? You remember that? You don't know anything about this. And so then spirit came to me and said, yeah, in your previous live, one of your previous lives, you, you've done this before, you know, this knowledge, you have this knowledge, you're just refreshing your memory. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, and so that was really the start of my journey. And I was in my late 20s at that time. And so what I found is that, you know, all religions are pretty much the same. You know, um, everybody's on a journey to get back to God. That's what ties them all together. It's just that none of them have 100% the truth. Everybody has a piece of the truth but not a hundred percent of the truth. And they're all fighting about the differences. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, I thought I was going to be a Buddhist at first because, you know, back in that day, you know, there was nothing about Arisha or anything in the library, especially in Oklahoma, you know, they didn't have those books on the shelf. And so I thought I was going to be a Buddhist, you know, um, <laughs> Tina Turner with my symbols, <laughs> you know, so um, after that, I mean, I was, you know, doing astrology and numerology charts and stuff for people and, you know, all that jazz going to holistic fairs and stuff. And it wasn't until I moved to Dallas and I got a computer that I got on the internet and I found the Arisha community. But um, what started me on my journey was really that epiphany. It was just something came over me and I had to know more about the religions of the world. I had to understand, you know, where's my spot? <laughs> you know, where's the one that's going to give me the answers? And so when I was on the internet, I found some, I started finding things about the Orisha community and things like that. And I'm like, what? They have a divination system and they use it all the time. And it gives them answers about God and how to live your life properly. Hell yeah, sign me up, you know, because I'm all about divination, you know. Uh, tarot cards and you know that's what astrology is the divination system so it's numerology mm -hmm. so I didn't know of course that's my wheelhouse you know what I'm saying but I was instantly attracted to it because of fa I'm like yeah this is what I want to learn this is what I want to do so I kept following the breadcrumbs and started asking people you know hey where can I find a mentor where can I find a teacher you know and you know I found one <laughs> Wow. Wow. And so um, I guess when you are ready, the teacher will appear or the other way around, they say um, that 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 is amazing because it's, re it's really hard uh, to find a great teacher. Right. And sometimes you could be looking around for many years like, where is my teacher? 
and no one's no one appears. But what I noticed about that is that sometimes you still have a little bit more work to do. <laughs> you really so, do. You really do because my my I should write a book, but my journey with my teacher was not smooth <laughs> at all. It wasn't, you know, oh, I'm gonna have this loving relationship with my teacher. No, she was my godmother, but no, it was not. I can say that she and I both liked each other in the beginning, but it was so <laughs> much drama. <laughs> so much drama, but she taught me a lot of valuable things. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I'll never take that away from her. She's deceased now, Ibaye, but, you know, she taught me uh, a lot of things that, you know, really helped me even today. Wow. So you had somebody near you, close to you, that taught you connected to the family that's oh no she, you know she I mean I was specifically looking for somebody black because most yes. of the people at that time were in were Spanish from Cuba and so forth and I'm like I don't want to learn Spanish I don't want to have people around me talking and I don't know what they're talking about you know what I'm saying right. I'm going to be learning a different language as it is because I, I did I learned you know to some Yoruba you know, I'm saying to say the prayers and things like that, but I didn't want to learn Spanish. And something in me told me I didn't want to go Lukumi, which is, you know, the name of, you know, the religion in Cuba. They call it Lukumi. Uh, some people, Santeria, some mm -hmm. people, Palo, some people, but it's all derivative of African religion, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so the Orishas may be called different names, more Spanish sounding names and things like that. But it's the same energy, just a different way because of how it came through the diaspora, you know. But in America, the Cubans came here and really brought the religion back to us wholesale. Yeah, we were still doing bits of it in Louisiana, uh, maybe out uh, on the islands and stuff like that, you know. But here on the mainland, we really didn't, we lost it all because of the religion, uh, Presbyterian religion, Protestant religion that we had here. You know, we didn't have the Catholic religion that allowed us to hide our, our gods behind the Catholic saints. Right. Way. When the Cubans came over here, they didn't like us. I mean, they're like they are today. I mean, unless they're Afro-Cuban, you know, the white Latinos, they don't want to say they're black or you know that their religion has anything to do with Africans most of them want to deny that and say mm -hmm. it's something totally different but anyway when they came over here you know my godmother would give us horror stories of how you know they had to learn the religion you know and the things that the Spanish people did to them you know uh, some of them were nice and loving but not all of them they didn't want us to have it you know even though it's ours you know um, and they had to fight and scrape to get it you know but anyway, that's another story. But yeah, um, so I definitely knew I didn't want to. And this is before I met my godmother. Something in me said, I don't want to go Spanish with this. I want to go as authentic and go with somebody Black. <laughs> but, um, you know, the person that reached out to me, actually, he's a well-known priest, still alive today, big, tall, white guy. <laughs> he was out in California at the time. And he's the one that reached out to me. Nobody else responded to me on the board. He's the only one that reached out to me. Wow. And he's like, you know, I don't mind, you know, mentoring you or teaching you, you know, and all that. He says, but I'm in California and you're in Texas, you know, unless you're going to move to California, it's going to be really expensive for you to go back and forth. He's like, there is a woman in Texas, you know, um, she's in Austin, buy her book, read it first because she's a little different. He didn't tell me she's a little thrown off. 
She said she's a little different, you know, but I read her book and I, I loved it. And so I contacted her and, you know, commute between Austin and Dallas isn't bad. So, you know, I had to travel a bit, but, you know, it was worth it. But it was nobody next door. I mean, if you're on the East Coast, you know, or the West Coast, it's easier to find somebody who's doing this, you know, uh, Florida, New York. Maryland, you know, North Carolina, you know, all those places, plenty of people, you know, doing it. But when you're in the Midwest or, you know, the South, you don't have that many people who are practicing, you know, and I'm like, this is the first black religion that I found spirituality. And so I was going for it. <laughs> right. Um, how would you suggest if someone wanted to take that route, how would they start? you would have to find somebody, not me, because I don't, you know, even though I'm initiated and stuff, I don't, um, I, I don't have a temple. I, I don't take God children. I don't do that because like I say, I've, I'm now into the metaphysical world and I'm looking at it a little differently. I feel my temples and my altars are inside, but it's a great place for a lot of people to start, you know? So I would say, you know, if you're in Texas, you can definitely, you know, there's a guy here that I know who is very good. You know, he's, he's really the only person I recommend if you're in Texas. Um, not everybody. The one thing that tripped me up is I got into this saying, oh, everybody's so ethical. Oh, everybody's so honest. You know, oh, these are going to be great people. They're priests and all of that. You know, surely they're better, better than these phony people in these Baptist church. No, people are people. Don't yes. think people are coming with their best character, you know, mm -hmm. um, just because they have a title of a priest <laughs> doesn't mean they're better than you or are no more than you. They just got an initiation, you know, mm -hmm. um, in the Orisha community, they believe in actually physically bowing down to people who are initiated, you know, um, in Vodun, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't bow to people just because they're initiated. You don't bow, you know, but the Orisha community, Yoruba people, they believe in bowing down, you know, uh, but, you know, I would say that if you're in Texas, I have somebody I can recommend, but other than that, just use your own intuition. Talk to your spirits. I don't recommend anybody go into it blindly like I did. First, establish your own authority by communicating with your ancestors, establish that relationship first with your ancestors so they can guide you, you know, don't go into it blindly, <laughs> you know, and trusting people just because they have a title of some sort or initiation of some sort, um, you know, so that's what I would suggest. Be your own authority first. Uh, know a little bit about your own spiritual capabilities so that you don't get taken advantage of. Right, right. Because it's so very hard to find people that look like us, that, that can mentor us. Because when you look out on the internet or you're Googling, trying to find someone, it's hardly ever that you find people that look like us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was my biggest thing when I was going to all the holistic fairs back in the day. You know, um, everybody was white. And I'm like, yes. okay, first of all, I know how talented Black people are when it comes to spirit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Why do I not see more Black people here? And it came to my mind, you know, look at your own family. My mom, you know, you know, in her generation, they're afraid of it because they've been taught to be afraid of it. You were told it's evil. 
you know, um, your church preaches against astrologers and throw them out of the church and all this kind of mess, you know, so we've been taught that our own abilities from God are evil. And so that's why a lot of black people turn from it. You know, um, even my own brother who he, he's so good at hearing, I don't know who's talking to him, but he's very accurate at telling people things, but it scared him because it scared other people. He would tell the mailman, he would walk up and say, hey, hey brother, you know, you need to tell your wife to lay off the drinking, you know, you this, that, and the other, you know, he'd tell him some personal business and the mailman would get spooked, you know, and then my brother would be like, oh man, people look at me crazy. So he tried to take it to the church and what do they call it in the church? Uh, uh, a prophet, you know, in some churches, they call people like that a prophet. So he yeah. tried being a prophet in the church for a while, but he just was not comfortable with his gift. You know what I'm saying? So he really just kind of like a lot of people in my family stopped doing it, tried to turn it off, you know, that kind of ignore it, basically. You know what I'm saying? Um, because it wasn't well received for him, you know, the way he was trying to go about it. Um, but, you know, I find that so many Black people are talented. I see people's talents. That's one of my gifts. You know, people are so talented and don't know it. And I think it's time uh, for Black people to turn their gifts on, start using them. You know, it's how we'll survive. You know, it's not fighting, um, you know, with our, with our physical strength. It's fighting with our spiritual strength, which we have an abundance of. Um, mm. I don't want to go political and stuff on here. So, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but no, you are right. That's why I uh, created this channel. So we can highlight the people that look like us that are doing the work that are doing it well. Yeah. Right. Because there's a lot of people out here saying they can do some type of work that they really cannot do. Right. right? It's so right. easy to be fake in this time. <laughs> it is. It is. I try to give everybody a chance. And this one lady, you know, I used to uh, for a short time used to uh, actually be a vendor at psychic fairs. This Indian woman back in the day told me when she gave me a reading, you know, when I was going to holistic fairs, she looked at me, she pulled the cards and looked at me, said, well, you can do the same thing I'm doing. I looked at her up. Uh, no, I can't. I, I can't, you know, do that. What are you talking about? She's like, no, you're same as me. You can do the same thing I'm doing. And I took that. It took 20 years for me to get to where she was saying was true, you know, but I became a vendor, you know, uh, right before the pandemic, you know, at some holistic fairs, you know, just doing something different. And um, I met, you know, some people and stuff like that. But anyway, this one woman who was also a vendor there, you know, was like, oh, I really want to get a reading from you. You do great readings and I'll give you a reading in exchange, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, cool. So um, she gave me her reading and it was so strange to me because she was not on point at all. She kept <laughs> asking me questions like, let me know if this sounds right to you. And she started talking about something and you have a grandfather that does this, that, and the other. Does that sound right? I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's like, no. I'm like, no. And so she was like, okay, well, what about this? I'm like, are you just guessing? Are you just trying to, you know, throwing stuff and seeing what sticks, you know? I'm like, yeah. is that how they do readings these days? You know, because I'm in my own little world and I just do my thing. So I don't know how everybody out there is doing readings, you know? So I'm right. like, is this what people are doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Trying I don't to see. Know who you're talking to, but uh, no. <laughs> that had to be really uncomfortable for her. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, if I, you know, somebody should be honest with you, you know, if yes. you're not 
if you're not doing something correctly, you know, yes. if you're hearing something incorrectly, you know, straighten up your antenna, get a tighter connection, you know, um, because I've never had anybody who said that the reading was totally unfamiliar. Oh, no, I don't know who you're talking to. This is not about me. I've never had that. <laughs> right, right. I've never experienced that with you. <laughs> right. I thank the ancestors, you know, they come through clear for each and every person because I, I want to help people to, you know, get on their path more firmly. You know, you came for a reason. You have a question. You know, because not everybody comes with a problem. Some people just right. want direction. Some people want to know who they were in another life, you know, trying to connect the dots because they're attracted to things that they don't understand why they're attracted to because nobody else in the family is attracted to crystals or doing tarot cards or interested in metaphysics. You know, why are they? And so they come with just questions of, you know, why am I attracted to these things? And so we pull up their past lives and see where that started for them, you know, why they're doing what they're doing in this life and how it connects together, you know? Um, so it's a lot of different, you know, reasons why people come for readings, love life. Um, some people, I do love readings for couples to see who you were in past lives, you know, how y'all first connected because yeah, there are twin soul relationships, you know, but a lot of it is soulmate relationships uh, contracts with other people, you know, some people just have some things that they didn't get to finish in that previous relationship. And they've come here to finish that, you know, it's a lot of different reasons, you know, so right. you can get a reading for anything. It doesn't just have to be about, you know, why am I here? and What is my destiny? It can be about anything. Right. So what are the things that you specifically help people with? Anything. <laughs> well, I know, I know. <laughs> Go to her website, y'all see she helps with anything. It's like, um, and the one thing that I know the ancestors brought you to me because the one thing that I am just like obsessed with doing is always connecting with the ancestors. That is the basis of everything that I do. I want to know what they hear, what they're saying, why they act in the way they act. And, and my ancestors are aggressive. <laughs> Even before this call, I'm like, great grandma dot you don't have to be so aggressive like she wanted a cigarette I'm like I'm about to get on the call um but no, um cigarette first though <laughs> right yeah give me that cigarette <laughs> so um what are the things like as healers as wellness practitioners what do you suggest what are some different techniques that we can do to uh, properly take care of ourselves and protect ourselves while we're doing this work uh, okay. First of all, you need to uh, sage yourself every day, especially when you take clients and stuff. You should definitely sage yourself. Also having different crystals, like my house on my shelf, I have all kinds of different crystals that help to clean the air spiritually, to protect me, to enhance my ability to hear. It's different crystals and things you can look, use for all kinds of stuff. Don't ask me why I have a crystal lady on deck who knows that for me. <laughs> I, I can't hold everything in my head, but um, definitely um, take spiritual baths, especially if you do uh, heavy, because I, I know a lot of Reiki people and sometimes they take a lot of that stuff onto them physically, you know, and so you have to take spiritual baths. I mean, I do make spiritual baths still for people, um, especially when they're dealing with a lot of heavy energy, um, you know, because you can't have entities and stuff attached to you from clients 
I had one, I had given a reading to that entity tried to come through the phone. I can feel it, you know, trying to look around my house, see if you get another meal. I'm like, oh no, sir, not here. <laughs> you know, I had to start doing my things, you know, to say, no, you're, you're not coming in this space, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't cast out ghosts and stuff, even though a lot of people like to do house cleanings and stuff. I mean, I know how to do certain things, but you just have to do what you want to do. And I'm like, I don't like to do that, <laughs> you know, so you only do what you like to do as a practitioner, but to keep yourself safe is best in, you know, especially if you work from home, like me, to make sure that your home is sacred, have certain crystals, have certain incense that you burn, you know what I'm saying, I always have frankincense and myrrh, you know what I'm saying, on deck, and I burn it all the time, um, also another good one is pine and copal burning together to clean your environment or to clean tools that you use and stuff like that. So it's a lot of different stuff you can get into your witch bag with. So any Wiccans and stuff like that, you know, would know about that. Um, you know, cause I do a lot of different things that people consider to be magic. It's manifestation tools. You know, mm. we all are trying to manifest something in our lives. So, um, to keep yourself safe, incense, you know, you can start with frankincense and myrrh, but this is a lot of things you can look up. You know, um, when people have readings with me, sometimes their ancestors want them to do certain things. And so if you ask about what you can do for protection, your ancestors will tell specifically for you what's good for you to protect you, you know. Um, and that's, to me, more important. We can all do the general things, but when it comes to you and your energy and how you heal people, you know, it's sometimes it's good to have a reading to find out specifically what's good for you to protect yourself. Right. Right. That is absolutely true. Cause you were the one that told me, I remember when I first put grandma dot on the altar and, uh, and I remember her telling me she wanted a cigarette. So I, you know, I was thinking I was doing something. I would take the cigarette out and just set it on the altar. <laughs> <laughs> and when I got a reading from you, you was like, if you don't like that cigarette up and take a couple puffs so we can at least get it going. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is, that is, I can see that that has made a huge difference in, um, in working with Grandma Dot. It's just giving her what she wants. Because some people be like, I don't like cigarettes. I don't like the smell. I don't want that in my mouth. I thought about all that, but that all went away. Um, whatever they need, I need to provide it because just like you said, I want to have a clear antenna. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And also people don't understand when we leave food or give offerings to the ancestors, be it, you know, smokes or hot drinks as they call them in Africa, which is liquor, you know, or sweet drinks, which is like soda, you know, um, it's not because they actually need sustenance or they just, you know, really need that nicotine It's to help you. These things yes. are magical, mystical properties. So them greens, them yams, you know what I'm saying? That good old fried chicken, you know, uh, that glass of lemonade, all of those things have metaphysical properties. As above, so below. As we're offering prayers and giving offerings, so are they giving prayers and giving offerings on our behalf, you know? Uh, so when they ask you for something, give it to them. It's to your benefit <laughs> that you give it. The smoke, there's a very mystical property in smoke, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, I'm not going to go into all of that. I have a problem of going off on tangents and stuff. But why, why? I want to hear about the smoke now. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me drink my water so I can listen. Well, you know, smoke is air, you know, and it also can get to the ethereal realm. So when you're saying prayers and smoke, Native Americans do this a lot. 
you know, it can reach the ethereal realms much easier. So when you're lighting a cigarette or whatever, it's the best time to say your prayer of what it is you want. They can hear you more clearly, let's say, you know, especially if that was their particular thing on earth is to smoke. It is a great conduit, you know, to get them to hear you, you know, and to get your thing manifested. But um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it, it all has a meaning. And, you know, I always tell people, even if you, if they ask you for something, you don't have to know all the where to's and why for's, just do it. Um, right. You know, um, and miracles will happen in your life. I had one girl who I was doing readings for. And of course, you know, most people I talk to don't know anything about ancestors. They don't know anything about this. And most people, I don't even tell them that I'm a voodoo priestess because voodoo, voodoo scares people. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but it's just a nature science. You know what I'm saying? It's about being in harmony with nature. You know, all this, you know, Hollywood stuff of sticking pins into dolls. I don't have any voodoo dolls. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like that. But, you know, there are some people, you know, you go down to Louisiana, you'll find anything, any, any kind of hoodoo stuff. They'll, they'll sell it to you. You know what I'm saying? But um, no, I had one girl who she didn't know anything about the ancestors or anything. And her ancestors were like very uh, strong and they were very adamant about a lot of things. And, you know, when I said for her that she needs to set up an altar, she was hesitant and, you know, this, that, and the other. A lot of people, you tell them to do stuff, they don't do it, but she did it. And she set up her altar and she was having a lot of problems. She was worried about a place to live. She was having problems in her marriage. She was worried about money. And I told her, I said, well, just tell your ancestors what you want. I said, go ahead. They like to drink wine. So get a, a glass of wine for them and for you and sit down and drink with them and tell them what you need and tell them you need it quickly, you know, and she told them that she needed a place to live and that she needed more money on her job. Within two days, she got a letter in the mail. She had applied a year ago for housing, you know, housing assistance and stuff like that. Within two days, she got a letter in the mail saying her housing was approved and she needed to come in and do some paperwork. You know, within a week, her job was saying, hey, you know, we're giving some raises, you know, do you want this other position? You know what I'm saying? Um, they work very quickly, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, I mean, her ancestors work quicker than mine. I'm like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't navigate like. Right. <laughs> Sometimes in some families, your ancestors are very motivated to get you out of a certain situation, yes. you know? And if you just give them, you know, like they say, sometimes you take one step and spirit will take the other 10 you know so you know sometimes it only takes you just having enough faith of a mustard seed as they say in the bible mm -hmm. you know just taking that one little step you know they'll take the rest they'll show you what's up <laughs> right you you are I, look i got something that reminds me i have to tell you something after this call because not for the collective but you are <laughs> you are absolutely right like just let them know and they will come through if it's right for you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Because what I find interesting is, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny to me, some people that work with their altar, they'll hear what their, they'll even know what their ancestors like, but they want to give them what they want to give them because it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. what's good for you. Okay, I'm going to give you what's good for you. Take these berries and the strawberries. I know you don't like fruit. 
but just this is what I'm gonna give to you today because it's it's healthy for you. You are looking what for is the danger in that? <laughs> the danger in that is your life can go haywire. You will find yourself losing things. Where are my keys? I done lost my keys. Wow, I got a flat tire. Why are these dishes breaking all over the place? You know, mm -hmm. you will find your life going haywire. Try giving them some things they don't want. It's <laughs> like your, your grandmama telling you, did I ask you for that? <laughs> right, did I, did I say I wanted that? <laughs> so you have to realize that it's not what you want is what they want because they're doing it in your best interest. You're communicating with them because you realize you don't know everything, okay? You <laughs> don't know everything. <laughs> you know, they, it's like, is there's a proverb in Africa that a child standing on a chair cannot see as far as an elder that is sitting. So let that sink in for a minute. You are the child, mm -hmm. you know, so they can see things being in the other room or in the ethereal realm, whatever you want to call it, they can see things you cannot see. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we get readings? Who are we talking to? I'm not that smart. I don't know. Some people, I have no clue who they are. Most of my clients, I've never seen them. I've never met them. How do I know your business? I'm not that smart. Okay. So, <laughs> so you have to understand that you're seeking advice. You're asking for help beyond what you can do in the physical. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to assume that you know more than them is crazy. Madness. <laughs> the higher <laughs> You know, so no, that's not what you do because it can wreak havoc in your life. If you got those really strong ancestors, and look at your family. Okay. If your family are people who will cuss you out in a minute, beat your tail in a minute, if you got ancestors, you're gonna you're gonna have ancestors like that. Rambunctious, right. you know. And most black people, we're very colorful. We talk loud, we laugh loud, you mm -hmm. know, um, we're very vocal people. So just because they're dead doesn't mean they've lost that. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> I had my grandmother who had recently deceased. I have a girlfriend that's a priest and she has I always support, you know, other black people in their businesses. But, you know, she has, um, you know, things that she does as well. I said, girl, I want to go through your program, you know, and she's like, girl, you don't want to do this. I said, yes, I do. I want to go through your program. So anyway, part of her program is that she does an ancestor reading and she's phenomenal with ancestor readings. And so she, my grandmother came through and she was talking about her. I'm like, is this my grandmother? Is this a uh, mother dear? And she's like, uh, I believe so. This is what she's telling. I said, that's the mother dear. And she was telling me some things that my grandmother wanted me to do. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God. But one thing, once I started doing those things, my grandmother talked to me. I said, okay, grandmother, because I, you know, because I hadn't had her on my altar yet. She was recently deceased. And mm -hmm. so I decided to go ahead and put her on my altar, you know, so I got a picture of her and this and the other. And I got all the things together that she asked me to get through the reading. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And she told me, and she had me go to some Bible verses and stuff. Cause like I said, strong, she comes from the side of the family, my father's side, that's very strong into the Bible and stuff like that. And, you know, when I was younger, when I first got into alternative religions, you know, whatever, whatever, I was totally against the Bible, you know, 
But as I got older, I learned to appreciate it and respect it because there is power there. You just have to be able to sift through the trash to get it, but there is power there. And so I respect it, you know, even though I don't follow it. So anyway, she asked me to get this Bible and but she was telling me how to bring wealth. There's secret in my family of how we can bring wealth in our family. And um, she was telling me in this process that I needed to clean up my house. She's like, um, all those boxes you got with books and stuff in them and this, that, and the other, get rid of that stuff. You cannot have wealth in a dirty house, but it cannot flow. It cannot flow in a dirty house in no uncertain terms. She was telling me that, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I proceeded to get some nice bins, throw out a bunch of stuff and, and organize, you know, my stuff. I bought a bookcase because all my books were in boxes, bought a bookcase, put all my books on the shelf real nice. And she was happier and the money did start flowing better. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that it doesn't matter how talented you are, how much knowledge you have, um, where you've traveled in the world. You don't know more than your ancestors. You don't know what they've done when they were in the earthly form. And as a collective, you damn sure don't know more than them, you know? And so always give them what they ask for, you know, put your ego to the side. Um, You know, mostly I find it's well-educated people. They have a problem with that. (laughs) 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 So, you know, um, but yeah. Put your ego to the side and listen to them because they do know more than you. They can see further. Right. Definitely. Thank you for that. And that, you know, that leads me into my, my next question during this uncertain time that we are living in right now. Yeah. What would be a message that you would have for the collective to contemplate on? Um, they say, know your power. Mm. Um, everybody has power, you know, everybody has a gift. Don't, don't, don't fall for the distractions Hmm. because we are at a time of war. Spiritual warfare is real and it's coming to a head right now. And so people need to really get in touch with their gifts. You know, and, and gifts, healing is one of them, but some people are diviners. Uh, some people, um, you know, there's different methods of healing. Some people heal people's heads. Some people heal people's hearts. Some people are Reiki masters. Some people heal with herbs. You know, everybody has something that they do, you know, which can fall under a healer. You know, um, also people who are diviners, you know, if you read tarot cards or if you're a numerologist, astrologer, whatever you have to bring to the community, you know, um, you need to know what that is and be able to do it because you don't know what person that you're going to talk to who may change the world. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I look at everybody who I read for as my child, you know, this is a person who I have made a contract with, you know, in the spiritual realm that I would show up with my gifts to help them along their path. I just look Mm -hmm. at myself as a light post, lighting their way, you know what I'm saying? And so if I'm looking at a person as my child, I'm going to give them my best, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I give every person that I talk to my best. I make sure I schedule my appointments far enough apart 
you know, I got into a jam this Saturday because I'm like, how did I miss that appointment? But, you know, most of the time I, I, I schedule my appointments two hours apart simply because I'll have, you know, a few minutes to rest in between so that I come fresh for everybody, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, know thyself. Know what your strengths are. You know, everybody has a spiritual gift. Nobody was left out. <laughs> I didn't think that I was a creative person for a long time until, you know, a certain person showed me how creative I was. Um, I, you know, cause I'm not a person, all black people can dance. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I, didn't, I didn't get in that line. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't sing. I can't dance. I'm not an actor. I didn't think I was a creative person, you know, but creativity I found comes in many ways. Uh, as my godmother says, if you're a good cook, you're a witch, you're creative because you're taking three different, five different, 17 different things and creating something totally different. Transformation. You're a witch if you can cook good. So that is your strength. So if you can take some different items, some potatoes, some beef, some carrots, and you can make a good stew. Girl, you can probably make a good magical spell as well. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Somebody that somebody felt that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have I actually have a have a friend like that uh, where you could actually, well, I'm one of the people person who can actually taste energy and food. Yeah. And her, and that's her love language. Her love language is to prepare food for people, Anuka Moret. Um, and uh, I bet she could probably create a powerful spell with how she puts some food together. Absolutely. Absolutely. The most powerful energy in the universe is love. You know, yes. they've been feeding us a, a, a diet of fear and hate, you know, for the, such a long time that that's what motivates people to do things, you know their pain points, you know, that's what motivates them. I'm afraid of this, or I'm afraid of that, you know, right. this is going to happen. That's going to happen when that's not the most powerful thing. You, you need to be motivated by love. First of all, love of self, you know, and that's another thing I work with people on is learning how to love self. Cause we'll say it, you know, I didn't love myself. That's not how we're raised. And I thought I did. I was like, girl, of course I love myself. What you talking about? <laughs> I love me, but right. you know, I ran into a situation, um, you know, um, depression and so forth. Um, and, you know, a friend uh, gave me a book. She said, read this book and help me. And um, it's a book that I actually use in my practice when spirit says that this person needs to, to learn how to love themselves. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, this it's like a three, six month class, depending on, you know, the person and what they want to do. But um, you know, loving yourself. I was reading the book and it was like, well, what do you do to show yourself that you love yourself? I'm like, what people do that? What, how do you do that? Show yourself you love yourself. It was just a foreign concept to me, you know, and, uh, there's, uh, parts of the book where it's some mirror work where you have to look in the mirror straight into your eyes and say, I love you for 60 seconds. Do you know how hard that was? Most people look away. And you can't even, or some people start crying. It's a very powerful um, thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to look deeply into your soul and say, you love yourself. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, uh, it's very hard. 
yes. you know. Uh, so people who have lessons of learning how to love themselves, I, I help people with that as well, you know, because how can you do magic? How can you be your best self if you don't even love yourself? How can you even attract the right person into your life if you don't love yourself? You know, because that's where everything emanates from. You know, people having problems with money, relationships, all of that usually stems from a lack of love of self. And we don't even know it. So don't blame yourself, sweetheart. You don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> That's a real thing. And, and, and some of us out here looking for love, but we don't know what we're looking for because we don't know that we don't, you know, actually truly love ourselves. That's, yeah, exactly. that can lead to a bunch of different things. It can. I spent the first half of my life chasing love relationships. I've been married and divorced twice, you know what I'm saying? Several relationships, you know, looking for love. You know, I can remember as a 10-year-old uh, girl wondering where my white knight was, you know, the knight or the white horse, rather. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I was so pessimistic as a child. I was like, oh, wow, my knight is probably dead knowing my luck. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, where is he? He hasn't shown up yet, you know? And so I spent the first half of my life looking for my knight on the white horse, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And he never appeared because he always existed within me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> Definitely. Ooh, whatever you're seeking is right within you. Yeah. Um, thank you, Awo. Uh, you've got so much to share, your abundance of, of knowledge as um as the ancestors speak through you if people wanted to um find out more about you um how would they contact you through social media website and do you have anything that's coming up anytime soon for people to check out okay um you can definitely go to my website akashicancestralhealer.com and you know you can book readings there and so forth you know um, I'm on Instagram too, but I can tell you, I'm not good at social media. It is the same thing, Akashic Ancestral Healer. Uh, and you can contact me there. Uh, once people actually become clients, then, you know, they usually get my personal phone number and they can just, they just text me, you know, whenever they need another reading. But if you just want to see what I'm about, you can go to my website and check that out. Um, you know, with COVID and everything, not a lot of people are giving, so many uh, events and things. Now, sometimes I do appear at people's events uh, here in the Dallas area, you know, um, to do readings and so forth and so on. But, you know, with COVID, not so many things going on. So, no, I don't have any events that I'm doing right now. Um, but once I do have something, I definitely will let people know. <laughs> okay, excellent. And so if they wanted to figure it out, they'd be able to go to your website and see that? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I usually I'll post it on Instagram if there's some event uh, going on. I think the last one I did was with Shah, uh, the Abu Simbel uh, event that she had, really nice event. So yeah, if I have an event, I usually post it on Instagram. Okay, all right, that's cool. So you know I ain't gonna let you go without asking this question. <laughs> Here it comes. Um, one thing I like to ask all of my guests is that if you were to become an ancestor right now in this moment, what would you want your legacy to be? Oh, wow. What would I want my legacy to be? I would want my legacy to be 
that she showed people how to know themselves. She showed people how to love themselves. You know, uh, she showed people how to fish, you know, mm -hmm. because I don't want people, people become so dependent on readers and other things, you know, to guide their life. And that's not the purpose. The purpose is to show you how you are strong, what your gifts are, so that you can lead your own life. Yeah. You should never be dependent on somebody else. And that's one thing that I really wanted to show people. Also, like when I first got into this, I want people to understand themselves. I felt like, and still feel like today, that if people understood themselves better, they would have more, more compassion for themselves and therefore have more compassion for other people. Um, and the only way to do that is to know yourself and to love yourself. Yes. Goes back to love for self. <laughs> <laughs> what you That's just it. what you just explained <laughs> exactly all is you and you are all it's your world everybody else is just actors on your stage <laughs> yes. yes that is that's beautiful and thank you for being the reminder for something like that because it's so hard to overlook you get busy in life you just go 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 and you don't understand why your world's falling apart and sometimes it's it's you right not it taking the time is. for you <laughs> It right, always, <laughs> it always, it always comes back right here. Right. <laughs> Look in the mirror. Right, personal responsibility, you know, and that's one thing that we've given over to other people is personal responsibility. We, we're, we're so busy pointing fingers at, oh, this person did that to me, that person did that to me, that person said this about me. Okay, well, you know what? Why are you setting that up in your life? Okay, I'm going off on tangents again, girl. Let me stop. <laughs> no, no, people need to hear this. That's yeah. why you're saying it. Yeah. So, you know, you have to understand that you have more control over your life than you realize you are creating everything in your life, whether it be good or bad. It's like, okay, well, why am I, I say that to myself all the time. Okay. Why am I creating that for myself? You know, I can create something different. You know, sometimes you need help with creating new things in your life until you can get the hang of it, you know, because some people talk very negatively in their heads about stuff like, you're trying to lose weight. You're telling yourself that you're a fat this, that, and the other all day. You look in the mirror. Oh, you fat this, that, and the other. Oh, you're so stupid. Why are you so slow? Or why are you talking to yourself like that? I love her. What are you saying? Right. <laughs> and so I'm not a person uh, that really talks negatively to myself, but I had a very close friend that did. And she's the one that introduced me to that world of people talking so hatefully to themselves. I didn't know if people did that because, of course, it's other people's heads, you know. And right. so I, as I started taking clients, I understood that people need to learn to turn the negative self-talk off. That's a key sign to know that you don't love yourself. Who talks to their loved ones that way? You know, so if you have a lot of negative self-talk, that's a sign you really don't love yourself. Some people want to try to take that as motivation. Well, if I tell myself, you know, hey, you lazy slacker, get off your ass and go run. Is that really... Could you say that another way? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so some people want to say that that's motivation, especially in the, in the Black community. We have a problem with negative motivation. You know mm. what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah, if you find yourself in your head saying negative stuff to yourself, okay, you have to work on loving yourself more. You know, uh, what's wrong with looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? I love you. Yeah, that little Buddha belly girl. That's kind of sexy. That's <laughs> just rub sexy. it. 
Right. That's kind of sexy. Now we could slim that down, but that ain't gonna take away from our sexiness. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> it's a different way to motivate yourself than to mm-hmm. say negative stuff. So that's just the key. If you're saying negative stuff in your head to yourself, you're not loving yourself. And I'm gonna end it there. <laughs> I, I appreciate that uh, lovely, beautiful advice. And I appreciate all the energy and the time that you spent with us today, because I know it's multiple. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> we don't yes. know who he is. Everybody. So, um, <laughs> I appreciate you. Is there anything that we may have forgotten that you would like to bring up at this time? No, no, I'm good. Don't let me get off on another tangent, because you know I'm a right. talker. <laughs> Spirit, no, I love tangents. That's probably why I keep coming up. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much, Awol. Thank you for joining us here at Transmissions of the Heart. Thank you, lovely soul family, for being here with us today. We are sending love. We are sending light. Please have an amazing day. Thank you. Ashe. Ashe.